It's time for the most interactive radio program in Las Vegas today. It's time for Pushing the Limits with Brian Shapiro. Brian will talk sports, politics, entertainment, and anything that matters to you. Feel free to call Brian at 702-221-7283. You want answers? I want the truth! Now pushing the limits, here's Brian Shapiro. What's up, everybody? Happy Monday. It is PGL time. I hope uh, my fellow buffoons are doing very, very well out there. Yes, it was a fun weekend for myself. We'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, interesting weekend, that's for sure. We've got the uh, former Republican chair of the entire state, Amy Tarkanian, joining us in studio for an hour. Boy, we're going to have a lot of questions to get to with her. We're, we're going to talk about everything from her coming out as being bisexual. I'm sure that will come up in the conversation to being slut-shamed by Michelle Fiore. She is just blasting Donald Trump last week. When Trump came to town, she was blasting Trump, and all these Republicans were attacking her. i got to talk to her about that. She has been going after Donald Trump uh, even maybe harder than I have in the last five years. Um, And I want to get her thoughts on Jesse Law and Mike McDonald and all these idiots that are uh, call themselves leaders within the Republican Party in this state. So Amy Tarkanian will be joining us at the bottom of the hour, and I know that's uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. I like Amy a lot, and I really enjoy talking with her. Uh, and I've always enjoyed, by the way, for the record, talking to her husband. We've gotten into it on social media. I don't think Danny likes me very much these days, but I've always had good conversations with Danny Tarkanian. We don't always agree on just about everything, but um, gosh, I love talking to him about his days playing at UNLV and of course, the late, great Jerry Tarkanian. But anyway, Amy will be joining us coming up at the bottom of the hour and uh, really look forward to that. NBA Summer League is coming to a close. Tonight is the finals. And if memory serves me right, I'm trying to remember the two teams that are playing. Uh, in the. I believe it's the Cleveland Cavaliers on one side and the Houston Rockets. I believe, don't quote me on that, but I believe... That is the final. See, I got something right already to start the show. Houston Rockets and the Cleveland Cavaliers at 6 o'clock at the Thomas and Mack Center playing for the NBA Summer League Championships. By the way, don't tell me this doesn't mean anything. Ask Becky Hammond what this meant for her. This meant for her. Uh, this means something to these guys. To win an NBA Summer League Championship means something. It certainly means a lot to the coaches and could help their careers as well. So uh, I'll be out there tonight. Should be a lot of fun. And uh, we're going to have Mark Anderson, AP writer, uh, who's covered the NBA Summer League for the last week and a half. He's going to be joining us in hour number two to uh, preview that. So going to get a little bit to Wimbledon, too, because it does seem to me like it's a uh, a coming of the age of uh, young versus old. And I, I don't mean to make uh, Djokovic sound old, but for tennis standards, he's not young anymore. And this guy, Alcarez, uh, what a match in, in the finals of Wimbledon, uh, historic. So we'll talk about that coming up a little bit later in the program as well. I want to start off quickly before I get to Chris Christie making the rounds blasting Donald Trump. Uh, I do want to talk a little bit about my trip over the weekend. So uh, there's certain things I can talk about and there's certain things I can't talk about for privacy standards. But uh, I will say this. Uh, I did do something fun. Uh, not everything I did in uh, Los Angeles, California over the weekend was fun. But one of the fun things I did do is I went out and covered a uh, Anaheim Angels baseball game. And the Angels just happened to be playing the World Series champion Houston Astros. So uh, that was kind of cool. I I haven't been to a lot of Major League Baseball games in my life. Uh, Not a ton of games, certainly credentialed members of the media. So that was a lot of fun. So I went with a friend of mine who is not used to 
being a member of the media. He's not used to going to games as a member of the media because he's a big fan of the Houston Astros. I say, hey, let's go cover the game. You know, take some pictures for me, get some audio for me and, and help me out a little bit. Maybe I'll use it for my show this week. And he's like, yeah, absolutely. I'm on board. So anyway, we got two credentials and we went down there and we covered the game. Beautiful ballpark, by the way. Is it the nicest ballpark in all of Major League Baseball? No, but it's not the Oakland A's ballpark either. It's a nice ballpark. And it's easy to get in and out of that ballpark, too, which I really like. And it's right off the highway, uh, right across the street, of course, from the Honda Center, where the Anaheim Mighty Ducks play. Um, so not a horrible area and easy to get to. And that was a lot of fun. So we get there early. And I say, hey, you know, one of the best parts of going to the ballpark early is you get to watch the batting practice. You get to watch some of the best hitters in the world at batting practice. So anyway, we got there a little bit early. And we're moseying around, we're walking around, taking some pictures and stuff. Just, just, you know, I've only been to that ballpark one other time. So I wanted to walk around a little bit and keep in mind the guy I'm with, big Houston Astros fan, you know, and he's got the media credential and he's walking around. So we're, uh, we're hanging out near the Houston Astros dugout. And of course we're in an area where only a member of the media could be, you know, if you're a fan or, or whatever, you're not allowed to be on the field. So we're standing on the field and we're, we're kind of soaking everything in. And all of a sudden, I give him a little bunk, and I said, because Jose Altuve comes walking out. Here, Here's the guy who's such a huge part of the Houston Astros. You can call him a cheater if you like. Yes, I can get to that, too. There are some cheaters on this team. But so I give him a bunk. I say, hey, there's your boy, because I know he's a huge Jose Altuve, Altuve fan. And he does something as a member of the media that uh, you are never allowed to do. As he's walking out of the dugout, he gives Altuve a tap on the shoulder. Hey, bro, could I get a quick selfie with you? And Altuve was actually super cool about it. You know, he gets the selfie and then he gives him like a, a fist pump. So Altuve, and the reason why Altuve was cool, and I will defend him a little bit here, it's because Altuve wasn't playing. He was on the injured list. So he's just out there stretching and stuff. And he's not actually playing in the game. Still, that is a no-no. Anybody in the media will tell you, you certainly don't do that before the game. You don't do that right before the game. And even after the game, you certainly don't do stuff like that in the locker room, which would be even worse. Um, I, you know, listen, have I taken pictures of people? Absolutely. But in different circumstances, right? NBA Summer League, I'm chatting it up with Jerry West. He's not playing in a game. He's talking to some people. He's taking pictures. Different circumstance, right? I run into Kyrie Irving at a, at a private uh, event that took place last week. Totally different circumstance. Took a picture with him. But y you definitely don't take a picture as... <laughs> You know, as LeBron James is going through the tunnel, uh, heading out to the layup line, uh, inappropriate. So anyway, what happens? I'm like, oh boy, that's a bad look. You're not supposed to do that. Security guard comes over to me and he goes, who are you guys with? Who are you with? And then, and, and then I look at him like, what do you mean? And then he looks at me and he goes, who is that guy? <laughs> that's what the security guard says to me. So I just put my hands there. I don't know. Ask him. I don't know who that is. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm just walking away. I'm trying to get away from it. Uh, but anyway, the security guard was cool. He's like, yeah, do me a favor, you know. Uh, after the game, you could take some pictures, whatever, but, you know, just kind of leave the players alone. And I'm like, yep, yep, sorry about that. It, it was a little embarrassing. But at the same time, if you're a, a huge fan of the Houston Astros and you have an opportunity to take a picture with Jose Altuve, I kind of get it. You just don't want to do it in that situation. But it was it was kind of funny, and I was ragging on my friend the rest of the game. Who is this guy? But uh, it was cool experience, and I uh, got a chance to interview the Moose after the game. The game I went to wasn't the game yesterday, which was also a great game. It was the day before that went into extra innings, and the final score was 13 to 12. It was, it was, it was like eight home runs, you know? And Otani, let me tell you, uh, he has a lot of fans out there in Anaheim. Uh, this guy's unbelievable. Yes, he can pitch, but what a hitter he's turned out to be. 
And what a, uh, I mean, all the Japanese media are out there. I, I'm, I'm getting ready to interview him after the game. And there must have been 30 members of the media from Japan out there. I mean, it's crazy. Uh, he's got a lot of fans out there in Anaheim. And I can certainly see him playing for another team down the road that maybe can contend for a championship. But this is a guy you want on your ball club. There is no question about that. Otani is, uh, is a stud. Uh, and it, but anyway, it was fun. It was fun going out to the game. Met up with a few people. Won't get into that. But um, it was an uh, interesting ride because you go through uh, the desert for like three-fourths of the ride. And it was uh, no cell phone service. Kind of a brutal ride back. But not too much traffic, so it wasn't too bad. And it was about 20 degrees cooler in Anaheim. Uh, the, the temperature out here, the dryness and how hot it is out here. I remember I got, because I didn't drive out there. A friend of mine drove, uh, we drove his car. I got back to my car and I get into the car yesterday. I feel like I almost got a third degree burn on my seatbelt. It was that bad. I mean, it is so hot out here. It is crazy. I did miss the WNBA all-star weekend. Uh, very, very disappointing. I know that, um, Certainly, I'm going to be losing a lot of sleep over that. Uh, I'm sure it was fun. Hey, listen, I, I shouldn't listen. I'm sure it was a good time. I'm sure everybody had a lot of fun. Uh, I would have loved to have been able to talk to uh, Brittany Griner. Uh, that's something that I wanted to do this weekend, but I was out of town last second. I couldn't do it. I did want to interview Brittany Griner. So congratulations to all the ladies out there. I wasn't out there. I'm sure it was a wonderful time, um, but I would rather go to a Major League Baseball game. That's just my personal opinion. So I was watching the game. Yes. And BG looked... Like she was just having the time of her life. Well, she should be. And it was just yeah. smiling and, yeah. you know, going just everything. She, she was be. she was having the best time she could have. And I'm glad. And she should be because yeah. she should feel very lucky and fortunate. You know, there's a lot of people that disagree with me on the whole, Brittany. Listen, I'm not saying that she deserved to be in a Russian prison and treated the way she was treated in that evil, murderous dictatorship that they have in Russia. She paid the price, but, you know, she's the one who made the mistake. And, and, and people think I'm a little bit too difficult and too hard on Brittany Griner. Let me be very clear on this. No, I'm not. She's the one who made the mistake. She's the one who broke the laws in that country. She should have known better. And she put this country in a very bad position because now look at the man that has been freed, the merchant of death. And why? Because of Brittany Griner, because that's what Joe Biden had to do to get her out. And I'm glad she's out. But what I would like to see her do, and I, I know she doesn't owe Brian Shapiro an apology. I get that. What I would like Brittany Griner to do is not just thank the Biden administration, but say, boy, I really screwed up. I put this country in a tough spot. I should have never done that. And what I want to do is I want to teach and educate other professional women's basketball players or anybody that are thinking of going to playing in Russia to never make the same mistakes that I made. I would love to hear her say that. I'm not a big Brittany Griner fan. I'm not saying she's this horrible human being because she's not. And I'm also not homophobic like some of these other people out there or racist. There are people out there that said Brittany Griner should stay in Russia. And the reason why they say that is because she's black and she's gay. I am obviously not one of those people. I never will be one of those people, you know. So, you know, it's unfortunate. It's sad. But I would like to see Brittany Griner, uh, you know, apologize to, to America. I would like to see her do something. It's kind of like in my, per and I know this is more serious, but it's like a drunk driver, which is more serious, obviously, than what Brittany Griner did. But I'm just using this as an example. Very simply put, if you 
or a drunk driver and I don't know, maybe you hurt, injure somebody or kill somebody. When that person gets out of jail, don't you want them to teach other people not to drink and drive? Don't you want them to be out there and say, here's what I did. And if you make the same mistakes I did, here's what can happen. I'd love to see Brittany Griner do that, but she's not. I'm glad she had a fun over W. I'm glad she had a lot of fun over WNBA All-Star Weekend. I'm not sure she'll ever be the same player she once was. She was through a very traumatic situation. I'm glad she's back home and I'm glad she's free. And she certainly is a great role model to a lot of young girls out there. And I would never take that away from her. I'm just simply saying it would be nice to see her apologize. That's all. All right. Here's what we are going to do next. It's interesting because I've interviewed Amy Tarkanian dozens and dozens of times, but we've never done it in person. That's bad luck for her, actually. Now she has to see my my mug in person. It's not good. Not good for her. It's good for me. Amy's a very pretty, pretty lady. It's not good for me, you know, or for her, I should say, vice versa. But anyway, Amy Tarkanian is the former chair, the state of Nevada, the Republican Party. She's a very outspoken, opinionated lady. She's always honest. So I'm looking forward to catching up with her when we come back. We will take a quick break after this. Amy Tarkanian will be joining us next. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. Hey, everybody. Are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super. Hero, that is. Because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. for the average person to find a great attorney out there. There's so much misinformation. Now, let me introduce you to former Chief Deputy District Attorney Thomas Moskal. He was Las Vegas' top DUI prosecutor for years. He prosecuted the most high-profile DUI cases in Clark County. No one knows more about DUI law in Nevada. Just Google it. If you get charged with DUI, whether it's a misdemeanor or even more importantly, a felony, you need Thomas Moskal representing you. His relationships with the prosecutors and judges and his knowledge of DUI law to work for you. So give him a call now or text him at 702-848-5555. It's your life and liberty that's at stake. Don't wait. Call now. That number again, 702-848-5555. Buying or selling a home is a huge life event that requires guidance from an expert in the industry and community. My name is Blake Wynn. You may recognize my name as my grandfather was the best governor the state of Nevada has ever had. Growing up in Las Vegas, I've come to know this community intricately. Now, I am raising a family here as well. So I understand all the issues impacting our home and quality of life. As the top realtor for the number one real estate team at Keller Williams, you can have confidence in my experience, knowledge, and track record. When it comes to buying, selling, or investing in real estate, choose a name you can trust and someone who understands the community you call home. Call Blake Wynn today and experience the difference of a trusted expert. 702-540-3311. 
Sapphire Pool and Day Club, the world's only topless gentleman's day club, introduces its 2023 pool season lineup with a bevy of beauties and social media celebrities throughout the summer who will all host alongside hundreds of Sapphire's topless poolside entertainers. Enjoy brunch in the sun with items like frittata-style omelets, stripping chicken, and French kiss toast before washing it down with signature summertime cocktails. Ten lines, beware, go bear! Ladies are welcome to go topless within the day club for the ultimate party. Guests can purchase affordable day bed packages, cabana packages, lounge chairs, and more. The best part, though? Pushing the Limits will be broadcasting shows every other Friday throughout the pool season with a ton of surprise celebrity guests. Wow! Reserve your spot now. For more info, visit sapphirepoollv.com or call 702-869-0003. That's 702-869-0003. See you at Sapphire. Hey everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment and work injuries. You name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound, and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes, and more. They also offer general wellness exams and treatments such as testosterone enhancement and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices, office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client. So please give them a call, 702-248-0554. Steiner's, the Nevada style pub, invites you to play the best tavern, kino, and video poker in Vegas. Promos are how we roll, so make the most of your gaming dollars here with us. Come play our proud partner gaming promotion, Fly Aviators Fly, and receive daily free play, bonuses, and more. With a chance to win awesome brand of prizes and big money for all the jackpots each week. It's not only great gaming that Steiner's Pub has, it's a 24 awesome rotating draft beers, and Vegas' is best appetizers to match. So join us in supporting your Las Vegas Aviators, Golden Knights, Lights, Aces, and the Raiders, as we make history in Vegas. Steiner's, the Nevada style pub at 8410 West Cheyenne, 1750 North Buffalo, and Las Vegas Boulevard at Windmill. Steiner's, I love this place. All right, welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on a Monday. By the way, programming note, the Mooch. Anthony Scaramucci is going to be joining us on the show tomorrow. That's going to be a lot of fun. Lisa Latte Loveland, if you don't know who she is... She just filed a lawsuit against Bill Cosby. She's the Las Vegas woman who claims that she, and I believe her, raped by Bill Cosby 30 years ago at the Las Vegas Hilton. Now, according to the laws in Nevada, she's allowed to file a civil suit against Bill Cosby. She's going to be joining us in studio on Wednesday. That's going to be a lot of fun. So some big guests lined up uh, later this week. But, you know, the lady that's in studio right now, I've interviewed her dozens of times, but we've never done it in person. And as I said, it's nice for me, maybe not so nice for her because she's got to stare at my face for the next hour or so. But no, in all seriousness, uh, the former chair of the Republican Party here in the state of Nevada, you see her, you've seen her all over the tube. She's been everywhere. Uh, and I'm really glad that she took some time to come in studio uh, today. Amy Tarkanian joining us. Amy, thank you so much for being here. How are you? I'm doing great. And actually, the reason that I agreed to this is yep. because I've been working outside 
uh, for our basketball tournament that we've yeah. been hosting. And so this actually gave me a break. Oh, and you know what? So for- it has nothing to do with you, Brian. Okay, good. That you makes gave me, me a break. That no, makes I'm just me feel, kidding. That I'm makes me kidding. feel a lot better, actually. <laughs> for those of you that don't know, the last name Tarkanian is very rich in the sport of basketball. Of course, uh, our father-in-law, uh, Amy, uh, uh, Jerry Tarkanian, the former UNLV uh, head coach, the late, great Jerry Tarkanian, who brought a national championship to Las Vegas. And of course, Amy's husband is Danny Tarkanian. So uh, anyway, I do appreciate you being here, Amy. I have so much to get to. Uh, I want to start by saying this. I learned that uh, your husband said, oh, my God, you're going on that lefty <laughs> yeah, Shapiro show. Let me ask you this question, because there's no question I, I lean to the left on social issues. I do. And I am anti-Trump. And I am. There's not too many Republicans these days that I would vote for. I voted for some. I voted for Stavros Anthony and a few others. Why is it you think that when, because you're anti-Trump these days as well. Correct. People assume like you're a Democrat or you said, you know, being paid by the DeSantis campaign. Right. Why is it the first reaction by by some Republicans on all is you must be a liberal or you must be getting paid by the DeSantis people? I think because you've got right now the hardcore MAGA supporters that it's their way or the highway. It's all or nothing. And when I finally made the decision that I was no longer going to support Trump, it was like I had become Satan. (laughs) You know, it's like I wasn't allowed to have a different opinion or a thought process of my own, which was very bizarre to me. Uh, And it actually happened to me uh, leading up to the election. You know, I wasn't sure who I was going to support because there were 17 you know, candidates leading up to President Trump's first election. Yeah. I mean, I had Senator Paul asking for my endorsement. And I said, look, I need to wait, you know, and see who else is getting in the race. And then I had Marco Rubio. And then I had, um, uh, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on his name and I can see his face. Don't Um, say George Santos. No, he wasn't in the race. (laughs) I'm just kidding. He wasn't in the race. The guy who was like super soft, a bleeding heart, um, Oh my gosh, it'll come to You'll me. remember it. Yes. Yeah. But I was the only one who actually campaigned for him. And so still to this day, I get, I get, you know, kickback for it. Um, and it's like, well, just because I wasn't on the masses bandwagon doesn't make me a bad human being. It makes me somebody who just might have a different thought process. And I think that's okay to have. And it's actually healthy to have, I think, different opinions and and healthy dialogue. I completely agree with you. And I also think that's the responsibility of a talk show host or any member of the media. Example, I'll just throw out a few names here that you know of. You've probably appeared on most of these shows. Alan Stock, Kevin Wall, Wayne Allen Cook, as I like to call him. Um, I don't think Heidi Harris is doing a show here anymore, but all four of them. She's not. I've been on theirs. All of them. And you know what? Heidi's a nice lady. Okay. Kevin Wall's a nice guy. Okay. I don't know Allen very well. I don't think Wayne Allen. Very nice. Yeah. I don't think Wayne Allen Root's a very nice person. That's just my personal opinion. But all four of them, they don't challenge anybody. They don't have any Democrats on their shows or rarely ever. They don't have any actual debate. They'll just, uh, they'll have anybody like a Jim Marchant on their show spew nonsense about the 2020 election and they won't challenge them on anything. And I feel it like it was that's John your- Kasich. <laughs> Sorry. It was John Kasich and John and, Kasich. Okay. Yeah. Nice guy, but yep. he was viewed as a moderate. Sorry. Go ahead. That's okay. That's okay. I just feel like there are so many shows out there that don't challenge the opposition or don't challenge people. Like even if a Democrat comes in here, I'm going to challenge them. I had Steve Sislock on the show. I thought during I'm COVID- friends with Steve and yeah, I'm I- friends with Governor Lombardo. Yeah. And, and you know what? 
I don't think Lombardo's a horrible guy, and I don't think Steve is a bad guy. Right. But I told Steve, says, I said, when you reopened the casinos and you closed down the local bars for the second time, that was bad. Really and I bad. told I thought that was a bad decision. Yes. You can't do that. I thought Sisolak wasn't a horrible governor. He was under very difficult circumstances. And with Joe Lombardo, I don't think the sky is falling either. I, I think they'll be fine. But like it just seems to me that people, Fox News, OAN, Newsmax, these types of organizations, they don't challenge people on the other side. They just have right-wing talking point people come on all the time, right? Yeah. No, that's correct. In fact, I was on Newsmax regularly, probably mm-hmm. seven to ten times a week for a long time Yeah, until I actually started taking swings at Speaker McCarthy. Mm-hmm. And calling him out on his nonsense. And, uh, you know, I'm very, very firm on the fact that I do not like him. I don't like him as a, a person. I don't like him, uh, as, as speaker. I think he's phony. I think he is no a, a fraud. Yeah. Yep. And, um, it, it's all about him. And so the more I've spoken out about him, you know, the, the less time I was put on and the fact also that I am not pro-Trump also makes them nervous. But you, if you don't mind me, I would assume that you voted for Trump twice. I did. And and I ended up being a delegate for him. Mm -hmm. And I've also coordinated his visit to the church here locally in Las Vegas when we lived here. And then um, he also visited my son's uh, first grade class at the time when my son was in first grade. Did you know back in 2016 that this guy was a complete fraud, that he was only about himself, a narcissist, probably a sexual abuser? Like, did you know that stuff back then? No. I I, I knew that he ha- had a large ego. Right. But I will tell you, he's a different individual when he's presenting in front of he's the masses charming. as opposed to when he's one-on-one. Right. He's extremely kind one-on-one. He's very soft-spoken, very complimentary. Um, you know, you can get a vibe from somebody, you know, especially as a female. You know, you're, you mentioned at, at the for, at the top of the show about the, the woman who's suing Cosby. Right. You know, you could get a vibe. I could say probably almost every woman has been assaulted at some point in their life. Mm. So you would get that vibe. I didn't get that vibe from mm-hmm. him. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why. But um, he was just a different person. But the more I paid attention to his interactions and, and with his demands of loyalty and him being disloyal and kicking people to the curb quicker than your head could spin, people who had devoted, you know, their lives to him. Right. Um, and, and then watching him surround himself with grifters and morons and we could all see it. We could all scream it from the rooftops. Mm-hmm. And then leading up to January 6th, I was done. I was completely done and he hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. In fact, he's doubled down on surrounding himself right. with people like Roger Stone. Who's been this, done this show before, actually. Yeah. He was in Vegas uh, when Trump was here. Okay, so I can I can understand that and respect that. And you're certainly not alone. There are a lot of Republicans that I even people like Joe Walsh, who I have on all the time, who was a big Trump supporter in 2016. Uh, Christy who's now making the rounds everywhere attacking yeah, Donald Trump, right? He's actually fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, yes. um, but you know what else, too, is I think what helped him, and maybe it it, it helped uh, some of us have the wool over our eyes, is 
Hillary was the option, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that was not the, going to be the option. Well, even I did not vote for Hillary. Now, yeah. I admit that I made a mistake back then because I think Hillary would have been a better president. We certainly wouldn't have had an insurrection. And people say, well, I like some of Donald Trump's policies. But then you look at the economy that Donald Trump took over at the time, which was very, very good. Mm-hmm. Trump did a good job in not ruining the economy and keep it going in the right he direction. Did. I'll give him credit for that, he but did. I'm not going to give him credit for everything like some magas out there do. But what was it in 2020 that made you say, I cannot, I know you're a Republican, I get that, but like, what was it about Joe Biden that you said, I can't vote for this guy, I'm still going to vote for Donald Trump? I think the fact that uh, Joe still embodied the establishment and in in my Republican DNA, you know, we're looking for somebody who is going to rock the boat, somebody who's going to still carry that torch of all of the good that President Trump did do in his first term. And so it made me nervous, even though they portrayed Biden as this calm, um, you know, grandfatherly mm-hmm. uh, individual who was going to be wise in his in his days. I just, I could, couldn't buy it. Um, you know, I, I just, I could see right through the facade. Um, he just is phony to me. And even the story that he shares of, of he and Jill's, you know, first meeting and how they fell in love. I mean, it's all garbage and he's no- a notorious liar and it's all documented. And so, you know, I didn't know about all of Trump's lies. It wasn't documented. But when you say notorious liar, yeah, and you're telling he's, me you voted. He's a plagiarist. But but he's, when you say that and you vote for Donald Trump, I say to myself, "Well, wait a second. Everything you just right, said, right? But not all of that was documented. It, there was only some that was coming out towards the 2020. You know, Biden has his entire adulthood has been in government, so mm-hmm. everything has been documented. So all of his wrongdoings, all of his flip flopping, um, you know, up to like I just mentioned his his marriage and falling in love with Jill. I mean. They basically, when his first wife passed away, yeah, you know, Jill's at that time husband was a donor of President Biden's. Mm-hmm. And so they met during the time when her former husband was supporting at that time Senator Biden. So they were cheating. They were cheating already together. And so I don't know if that's true or not. Oh, it's 100% okay. true. So let's just In assume. In fact, even the ex-husband has gone on record. Okay. Let's assume you're right. Yes. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. And let's just say she had an inappropriate relationship with Biden when she was still married. Right. And, and but, I'm not saying, you know what, every, because of that, um, that's the end all be all. Because a lot of people have personal problems. And right? I get, I, but I get what you're saying. But uh, it's like a pattern. But I get what you're saying. But you know what I'm going to say next? Before 2020, we knew. Donald Trump's own sure. ex-wife accused him of rape in court documents. Oh, I didn't 20, know about that. Yes, it's in court documents. Ivanka Trump. Uh, 25 women at that time have accused him of sexual assault. You heard the video. So so I guess everything you're describing, I'm not saying you're you're not telling the truth, but I feel like it's tenfold with Donald Trump, with his sins and the, sure. the, the, the kids with multiple ex-wives and cheating on every single ex-wife. I'm not saying what you're saying about Joe Biden 
might not be true. They seem like they're a loving couple. They seem like they well, care I'm sure about they one another. It seems, you know, Bo, I know Hunter Biden is, is, is drug addiction and a screw up, but, you know, yeah, but Bo everyone's Biden, got their problems. Yes, Bo Biden, a hero, right? Died of cancer. Yeah. He was a hero. And and when he does talk about losing his first wife and his daughter, it's very sad. And, I, and it sure. resonates with a lot of people. I Listen, I don't want Joe Biden running in 2024. No. He's too old. I, I'll be the first one to tell you that, okay? He's not perfect. But I believe he's done some good things, whether it be the infrastructure bill or mm-hmm. helping our military with 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 health issues. Sure. I mean, the bipartisan bill when it came to gun control wasn't a lot, but it was at least he put something on the books. I think the student loan debt thing would have been a good thing for the country, not a bad oh, thing. I we disagree can, with well, that. Well, we can one, talk yeah. about that. Yeah. But but I guess but you still chose Trump. Do you feel like it's because you're just a Republican or do you, you feel like it was policy? Because it can't just be because maybe no, he, he had an inappropriate I, relationship. No, 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 no. Yeah. I, I, I would say the continuation of good policy was really vital. And uh, and I knew that Joe Biden wasn't going to carry that torch. What is the worst policy that you think Joe Biden has implemented since taking office? The worst policy? Yeah, something that you just say Trump would have never done that. Um, well, I know he put us back into the Paris Accord. I know he did. He's, you know, want talking about adding more NATO. Um, the amount of money that's now gone into Ukraine, even though I'm all in favor mm-hmm. of what we're doing over there, yes. it, it's, it's the amount of money now that's questionable yeah. on, you know, where it's going. Mm-hmm. I think that's really making people nervous. Well, I think that's a fair conversation. Well, what I don't like are, and you know, not, not you, but some Republicans that seem like they, they defend Vladimir Putin. Yeah. Uh, I know you wouldn't do that. And no. I know I would hope most Republicans wouldn't do that. Well, and, and yeah. one of my closest friends is actually serving over there, you know, and, mm-hmm. and she's also trans. And so, you know, it, it's pretty amazing to yeah. watch her in her position, excel mm-hmm. um, in an area where normally yeah. she wouldn't be allowed to step foot. Yeah. And, and it's, it's incredible. And, and I think, you know, the fact that I'm watching such a good human being mm-hmm. put her life on the line, um, she's not dumb. So I know this mm-hmm. whole thing isn't fake. Like yeah. some people like to say, oh, this is all just a money laundering scheme. No, it's yeah. not. It's real. Because sure. she calls me. I hear I hear it what is, goes on absolute, in the background. There are women that are being raped in front of their kids and then their entire families are being murdered. I'm not saying that it's not fair to have a conversation about the money we're sending over there. But I think it is fair to say they are our allies. Uh, right. Zelensky is not a Nazi, like some no. people will make him out to be. And there are innocent, so many innocent people, both innocent people, Russians, uh, yeah. soldiers, and, and, and innocent people in the Ukraine that are being killed because Vladimir Putin decided to invade a country. I mean, that, let's just call it for what it is. Yeah, That's, well, he's psychotic. Yeah, a- absolutely. All right. So let's, uh, if you're just joining us, she's Amy Tarkanian, the former Republican chair of the state of Nevada. Uh, I want to talk uh, some more national issues with you, and then uh, we'll take a break at the top, and then I will we'll get into some local topics. But uh, let's you mentioned trans. Let's talk about that. Sure. Uh, this wasn't being talked about six or seven years ago. Uh, drag queens reading books to kids. Uh, you talk to some Republicans, they'll make it seem like the sky is falling uh, with people that are trans. Um, I'll be honest with you. I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't understand why Republicans are obsessed with it. I went to one of those events, uh, a drag queen reading thing in Vegas because I wanted to know what the fuss was about. I did it a couple weeks ago. Everybody was having a good time. There was nothing sexual. The whole message was be who you are. 
uh, treat everybody fairly as equals. Uh, there were uh, were they dressed appropriately? They were dressed as drag you know queens. what I mean, yeah, yeah. But dressed appropriately, um, like they're not showing no, like, butt cheeks, not at all, chest. I that mean, would be no, because some do. We only do that on this <laughs> yeah. show, Amy. Yeah. No, oh, I'm just okay. kidding. Okay. No, but also, to answer <laughs> your question, I'll make sure to wear a thong. <laughs> it, well, I'm at Sapphire this Friday. You're welcome oh, to join wonderful. us. Uh, no, in all seriousness, they were not. It was, it was very, yeah, it was very nice. Uh, the kids had a good time. The parents had a good. Time. I'm thinking to myself. What is wrong with this? Like, I don't understand why. Amy, that's my question. Why are Republicans obsessed with this issue? Well, I guess, you know, it, just like with any other subject or or group of people, there are good people, there are bad people. And those bad people are the ones, unfortunately, who I think get the most attention. And so you're going to have some scenarios, unfortunately, where you're going to have drag queens that are probably being inappropriate, right? And maybe dressed inappropriate and not fully covered. Um, and then you're going to have some wonderful experiences like you just expressed. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I know a fabulous family and I'm not going to call them out, but I know a fabulous family whose son is a drag queen and he's very successful mm -hmm. and he is completely clean. Um, in everything that he does with whatever comes out of his mouth, um, to the way that he dresses and he's fabulous. So I think it's more of making sure that, uh, the scenario is maybe being overwatched, maybe a little bit better. Um, and then there's no problem. Yeah. I mean, I, there wouldn't be a problem. This is the question I ask Republicans. I say, can you name me one kid? That was directly affected in a negative way from a drag queen reading or a child that has died. Now, I, or or how about this? Would you rather have a, a a clown come read to you? And I'm not comparing, like I'm not saying that drag saying, queens yeah. are clowns, but yeah. let's say you have somebody, you know, that's that's like a fear of some mm -hmm. kids, right? Mm -hmm. You have somebody who's dressed up um, in anything mm -hmm. as anything, yeah. So what's different? Whereas nothing, this, where, nothing, absolutely no, nothing. No, it's literally a costume. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't make any sense to me. Unless maybe it's it's the book that they're reading as well. I don't know what the problem is now. Well, in my in my <laughs> Numbchuck's got the clown music guy. All right, <laughs> all right, Numbchuck, good job. Uh, no, but in all seriousness, you're right. It doesn't. It, there's no difference to me. But if you if you watch Fox News or Newsmax, they'll make it sound like, you know, if a transgender person is going into a bathroom, it, it, as long as it says men's room or women's room, that'll give them more of an opportunity to rape a child, which is absurd. To yeah, me. it is absurd. That, that's an absurd thing. And, and you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, listen, for decades and decades in this country, these people have been discriminated against, whether you're gay, whether you're transgender, whether you're a drag queen. And it, it, it gets me angry because, you know, somebody, I'll mention her name, even though most people don't even know who she is. I think she's a moron. Her name is Stephanie Phillips, and she's running for senator, and her entire platform is, I'm here to protect the kids. Okay. From what? Yeah, yeah. From what? All she'll talk about is drag queens and transgenders and, and gender ideology. She won't talk about guns. She won't talk about how our kids are being gunned down in our schools. She won't talk about health care. What is she running for? I think she's running for state senator. If I'm not mistaken. Oh, I don't know who yeah. she is. Uh, well, there you go. I'm, I'm not surprised. Not, not that I... She has no chance to win. Uh, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Do you want me to play her ad? I have it. Oh, jeez. If oh, you want geez. it. It's a minute 19. Do you want to hear her ad? And then I you guess. Can all like, right, here, all let me, right. Let me put uh, on the headset. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Oh, um, wait. It's not plugged in. You know what? I'm going to decide not to play it. 
because I don't want to give her any free press. I've already given yeah, her there way, you go. I've already given her way too much already. But she is your typical radical Republican that says my whole platform is to protect the kids, and all she talks about is drag queen reading, and all she talks about is you know transgenderism and, and gen- when now you're a Ron DeSantis fan, right? Yeah, you, you'll you'd vote just, for Ron DeSantis to, to some degree. Let me ask you a question then about this issue. I don't want to. I don't want to be on the record as endorsing anybody. Understood. So I, I need to Under, stay neutral for what I do. Totally understood. Yeah, Trey Gowdy is interviewing Ron DeSantis live on Fox News, and Trey Gowdy says, "What would you do on day one as president to end this war in the Ukraine?" And he starts talking about gender ideology, and I'm thinking to myself, "You're a fool." That is your. That's the first. It, it seems to me with Ron DeSantis and many of these candidates that are Republican, they want to talk about gender ideology. And it's like, I, I don't know. I, I don't understand that. That's because Governor Yunkin, when he won, obviously he focused heavily on mm-hmm. education, mm-hmm. right? And making sure that kids were the, were the focus and parents had a say. And it was a, a winning message. And so I think that's what they're trying to capitalize on while they mix it with the term woke, Right. And so that's what they've all kind of latched onto without really giving much um, detail to mm-hmm. it. It's just kind of a, a, a wide message that is resonating um, with the far right. And that's the primary voters. So it'll be interesting to see whoever wins the Republican nomination um, to watch them convert themselves slowly to the middle and that message if they do otherwise if they don't then you're gonna see a re-election of joe biden yeah uh, well i think ron desantis actually has a better chance of defeating joe biden than donald trump does yes 100 uh, at at this point but it seems like a lot of republicans don't they just don't they don't understand that now i'm not a ron desantis guy at all i think he has dictator tendencies example what he did with disney and uh, sending migrants to Martha's Vineyard using human beings. One uh, was a three-year-old child. Another woman was pregnant, giving them brochures with a bunch of lies. And he only did that to own the libs. Um, and, and I had a serious problem with that. I'm not saying Democrats are perfect either and Joe Biden's perfect either, but I haven't heard of a Democrat that sent a bunch of migrants to a state for a political point. No, but in, in his defense, the whole point of the border being, you know, open mm-hmm is the Democrats way. That's the way Republicans view is the Democrats way of saying, you know, screw you, American citizens, we're going to let them all come in for free and go wherever they would like. And so you had Governor Abbott and Governor DeSantis saying no, you know, not just no, but hell no. And we're going to prove a point. And so basically, they did it on a much smaller scale. I don't feel like Democrats want an open border. Now, you can disagree with some of the policies, but if you look at the policies of Joe Biden when it comes to the border and Donald Trump, they're almost identical. There are more people that are crossing the border now than under the Trump administration. But if you look at pure policy, the policies are almost identical. I don't think this is a Democrat problem or a Republican problem. It's an American problem. Uh, we've had plenty of Republicans as president. They've had similar issues at the border. Again, there's more people crossing the border illegally now, but the overwhelming majority of people that are illegal or undocumented, whatever word you want to use in this country, are not people crossing the border illegally. They're those who overstay their visas. I don't hear Democrats or Republicans talking about that. Yeah, I think because secretly behind closed doors, both sides don't really care. And you could be right. Yeah. And, you know, you've got like the Chamber of Commerce who will sit there and and fund your campaign. And so you just play the game. But you only play the game so far. You don't cross the line. Yeah, in the message, but you're making my point for me. 
all the Republicans out there that want to claim that, you know, the border crisis is all Joe Biden's fault. Where were they during the Trump administration? It's all a show. Exactly. Exactly. And people that take their uh, we're taking a trip down to the border. I know people that are Republicans that have done that. Why? What are you going to do? To yeah. take? And listen, I'm not a Kamala Harris fan. It's for fan. fundraising. I'm not a Harris fan either. No. I don't want her running oh, either. Geez. I'm not a big fan of hers either. But when people say, how come you haven't made a trip down to the border? She's not going to do anything. What good is that going to do? You know, it's a photo op is what it is. I mean, people want to complain about AOC and her photo op. Because well, then why you know do you what? want Harris Because if there? they see the photo op, it'll make them feel better. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, what it is. Which is absurd. It's absurd. But, but it's how it's how human nature works. You know, you just want to know that you're being taken care of. Right. right? So whether if she's making any changes or not, mm-hmm. um, politically, uh, behind closed doors or in front of your face, they just want to see that you're trying. Yeah. You know, and, and, and you know, she's not going to be able to do anything. I think we agree on that. This is a Republican and Democrat problem, and they need to come together and come up with solutions instead yeah. of attacking one another. Yeah. Let's talk about student debt, because I think we're going to disagree on this one. Uh, you know what Joe Biden attempted to pass for people that are making under seventy five thousand dollars a year uh, attempted to pass uh, this bill. And obviously, most Republicans out there are against it. Here's my issue. People like the Sam Peters of the world who took their PPP loans, right? They took Mm -hmm. their loans and then they want to say, well, I had better reasons because I needed to take care of my employees. That was a forgiven debt. Are you talking about the congressional candidate who lost? Yes. Okay. Correct. Uh, But I'm just using him as an example. Republican who's against student loan debt. And I don't know what your position is totally on this, but totally against student loan debt. But yet he took loans during COVID to help whatever reason, to help his business. Maybe he didn't need it to pay his employees. I just find that to be so hypocritical when you take these PPP loans from the government, you don't have to pay them back and that's totally okay. But yet all these young kids out there that are in student loan debt, nope, yeah. they have to pay it back. Yeah. I just find that to be hypocritical. Well, it, it is hypocritical. And uh, from what I understand, in order for him to run, he also took out two mortgages on his home. Correct. So so there, there's a pattern going on with that individual. Uh, and he now is employed by a, a consultant firm um, that runs some Republican candidates. Shocker. Yeah. And because um, he's been so successful as a candidate himself. Yeah, that, right. Yeah, right. That, I don't think couldn't I would even take beat that Horsford. Guy's advice. Couldn't beat Horsford. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Take it. Yeah. So, um, no, I I am not in favor of that, because I think if if you're somebody who has and you've probably heard this over and over and over, you know, a lot of people work very hard and they save every penny to go to their school of choice. Mm-hmm. And if they need to take a loan out to complete that application, then it's their responsibility. It shouldn't be my responsibility. It shouldn't be your responsibility. Shouldn't be the government's responsibility to help make up for where you lack. That's, that's where you know, your, your hard work and your merits and your grades all come into play because you can get a scholarship. You know, uh, you can do the loan. It's your choice. And, um, and I think the fact that he was willing to bail so many people out was not fair. You know, you talk, you hear about fairness or equity or equality. That's none of those. And so that's where I have a problem with. And listen, I, I understand that, that there are people that feel the way you feel. and I. But at the same time, would you agree with me that college tuition in many universities across the country is way too much? Um, Insane. So yeah. let me just tell you, I have four kids and three or four of them are going to school. Mm-hmm. And Danny and I are about ready to have a heart attack. <laughs> and thankfully, they were able to get some scholarship money um, secured. Good. But still, with yeah. that... 
it it is asinine. Yeah. And how would somebody who who doesn't have those means even to supplement? Yeah. You know, their hopes and dreams are shattered. Or else they just take a different path. You know, you can go to junior college and then work your way to your school of choice. But still, that costs money. But but what you're saying is reasonable, right? I call that a reasonable Republican approach. Whereas, okay, I'm against student loan debt, but here's what I want to do as a solution to help people going to college. That is a reasonable position. My point is, all the not all, but a lot of the Republicans in office today that are speaking against the student loan debt have no solutions. Yeah, That's my issue with Republicans today. They want to talk about the border crisis. I want to know what your solutions are. And don't tell me, let's just deport everybody because that's insanity. They or, want to talk about or, abortion. Or let's get rid of Mayorkas. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. They want to talk about pro-life, which we haven't even gotten into yet. But yeah. yet, what are we going to do with the hundreds of millions of kids that are waiting to be adopted? Uh, they, they want to talk about the gas prices and inflation, which, by the way, has been going down the last eight months, but yet they have no solutions on how we fix it. They want to talk about the war in the Ukraine, but yet they have no solutions on how we end it, unless you're Ron DeSantis and you want to talk about gender ideology is how we end the war. That is my issue with so many Republicans that are in office today. Uh, we talk about gun control all the time on this show, mm -hmm. and they always want to say it's not the person, uh, you know, it's not the gun that kills the person. It's the person that kills the person. I say, OK, if you're passionate about your guns, no problem. Are you just as passionate at ending gun violence? And if you are, what are your solutions? Well, we need to lock our doors and harden our schools and let's give kindergarten teachers guns. <laughs> Again, like, I just want to hear solutions. You're coming yeah. up. Okay. I'm a, if you were running for office right now and you said, well, you know what, Brian, I disagree with you on student loan debt, but here's what I want to do to help kids. I listen to that. And I say, okay, that's reasonable. I'm not hearing that from a lot of Republicans today. Right, right. Well, I, I think, unfortunately, it, it's become very hyper-partisan on both sides. And so you've got... Um, a vast growing amount of people leaving both parties and yep. becoming nonpartisan or independent because of that reason. People are sick and tired of hearing the crap, but not knowing what the solutions are. You know, my husband always says, don't tell me the problems, give me the solutions. And, and I think we've forgotten that. And, um, you know, that's, that's why you're seeing, I mean, a dramatic increase. And people leaving the Democrat and Republican Party and becoming third party. Mm -hmm. um, that's why you're even seeing smaller organizations like Andrew Yang's Forward Party, right. you know, starting to to take a little bit of of I don't know. I mean, it's small, but you know, people are paying attention. And um, the fact that he's able to even throw in question three as a possibility for election process, um, where it would change, you know, the way that we vote, people are starting to listen because they want solutions. They want something different because what we have right now is not working. Now, it's I'm not gonna... working for the people. It's working for now, the hill, here's, here, but it's not working for here's you. Here's where and your I. husband is going to sound right when he says I'm a lefty. What I'm about to say. Uh -oh. I don't hear hardly any new solutions to the problems facing this country from Republicans. Examples. Gun control. Yeah. Don't hear hardly any solutions from Republicans. Let's just wave our hands in the air and say, hey, people are just going to do evil things. I hear for decades I've heard solutions. You could disagree with those solutions. So can I can I can yeah. I just tell you something real quickly? Sure. So I was really disappointed when Governor Ron DeSantis passed the gun legislation where you could carry without a permit. I think that's irresponsible. Absurd. And then, yes. okay, I'm so glad you brought that up because his wife, and listen, trending on social media, Casey DeSantis is being called the Karen. Okay, listen, whatever. I don't think, you know, let's, let's go more for substance when it comes to Casey DeSantis. Because again, 
just like uh, uh, this Phillips lady who's running for office here in Nevada. She talks about how the kids are so important. Your own husband just made it easier for people to carry a gun without a permit. Melania Trump, I'm going to bring her up. You know, she went on tirades. I shouldn't say tirades, but let's not bully on social media. Your husband is bullying people every day. You yeah. look like a moron. I mean, well, I mean what she, she doesn't even live with him. So, you know, right. maybe... Come on, there's there's but maybe there's there's some the subconscious <laughs> thing going on where she's but like, hey, hey you're shut the, up, hubby. You're the yeah. first lady. <laughs> your husband is the bullier in chief. And you're talking you're you're talking about bullying on social media. You're Casey DeSantis, you're talking about protecting our kids. Look at all the kids that have died in Florida at the hands of guns. And your your husband just made it easier for people to carry guns without a permit. It's lunacy. Yeah, it is lunacy. And let me give you some comfort, though, because I brought that up when I ran into Governor Lombardo um, when I was visiting the Capitol recently. And I said, you know, I can't believe he did this, you know, meaning Governor right. DeSantis. And he goes, I'm not going there. I will not do it. I've had pressure from the far right. I'm not going to do that. So he's not going to try to get that. Yeah. Passed as well. And, you know, it's wonderful because he is a former sheriff. You would think a former sheriff would know a little thing or two about the Second Amendment right. and what should be required for somebody who's yeah. a responsible gun owner. And uh, I think really what should happen is every time this is this is me now talking every time somebody purchases a gun, you should be it should be mandatory to take a class. Thank you. I say that on this show every day. Oh, That's my number one thing. <laughs> okay, I'm going to give you five categories. Uh -oh. One of them you just mentioned, which okay. I could not agree with you more. I know buying, I know driving a car is a privilege. I know owning a gun is a right. I get that. Mm -hmm. But you have to re-register your car. They have to check your health. Uh, make sure you can see. Make sure you don't have any, you know, crazy medical issues going on. Because if you're driving a car and you have a medical problem, you can kill people on right. the roads. They tr teach you how to drive the car. If you don't know how to drive a car, guess what? You can't get your license. You're right next to an instructor. I'm not saying you need 80 hours of training on how to, but give me a couple hours of mandatory training. That would be number one. Number two, mm -hmm. 18 to 21 years old. And if people want to say, what about our military? Guess what? They're trained how to use a gun. That's I don't want, true. I don't want to, yeah, I don't want an 18 year old walking into a store like Uvalde and on the day he turns 18 buying a bunch of AR-15s and thousands of rounds of ammunition. That's number two. Um, my, but hold on. If, if you, yep. if you look back at, at, at your age when mm -hmm. you were 18 to mm -hmm. 21, really? I mean, was there that much of a maturity difference? Um, and, and I'm not, I'm just saying overall, you know, what, when I look back, I was still a knucklehead, yeah. you know, from 18 and I was still a knucklehead at mm -hmm. 21. So I think it could save lives. I understand the point that you are making. I would probably rather have somebody not be a senior in high school legally buying a gun than somebody that's a 21 year old second or third year in college. I do think there is a difference. Is yeah. there a huge difference? Maybe not, but I would rather a second or third year college student that has been living on his own for okay, a couple of years. Uh, but, but listen, that's not my biggest concern. I think that what you talked about, about gun training is important. Uh, red flag laws. There are some states in this country where a husband or a wife can, can leave a voicemail and say, I'm going to kill you tonight. I'm going to go buy a gun. Yeah, they'll probably be arrested, but then mm -hmm. they'll be out. And then the next day they're allowed to buy a gun. Oh, you can't infringe on them. Mm -hmm. I understand. I don't want a neighbor not liking another neighbor saying, Hey, I don't like that Amy Tarkanian. She just threatened my life. And then they're going to take your guns away. Right. That's a, the concern is, is abusing that. it. Case by case basis. Correct. Uh, it, but I think we need to put some logical rules on the books in every state. So I think I think that would be a big deal. And again, something we might disagree on, but an assault weapons ban. Uh, it seems like the choice of 
gun for so many of these mass shootings are AR-15s. Uh, there's a reason for that. Some of these assault weapons were built for one reason only and not to defend yourself, to kill mm-hmm. as many people as possible in a short period of time. They should only be used by law enforcement and our brave men and women in uniform. There was a assault weapons ban in the early 90s during the Clinton era. Republicans allowed that bill to fizzle out. And guess what? When that bill was implemented, gun violence went down. If you just give me two out of those four, I truly believe it's not going to end every every uh, you know every shooting in this country. And I would never make that claim. But I guarantee you the gun violence would gradually drop. I don't think the answer is arming our kindergarten teachers. Uh, if you, you know, there are armed security guards at, at already at a lot of schools all over the place. You know, ask Scott Peterson how that went down in the Parkland shooting. You know, what's wonderful is that my son's middle school, uh, Carson Valley, uh, the sheriff actually greets them every single morning, like every that. single morning I love that. with his truck. I like actually that. posted at the front of the door. And then when they leave, he's there as well. Yeah. And I think that that actually helps tremendously. Relationships with the community are yes. very, very important. And we can get into police brutality. And by the way, I love Kevin McMahill. I think he's a phenomenal sheriff. Here. Yeah, everyone's saying good yeah. things about him. And you know what? I said that before he was elected. I said, you're going to be a great sheriff because he's a decent human being. He's a great guy. And and he's fair. He's fair. You know, and I think that is important. All right. So here's what I want to do, Amy. I want to take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to ask you some questions about some of the local leaders in Nevada. We might bring up Michael McDonald, uh, maybe Jesse Law, uh, to name a few. So I want to get your opinions on them. I might even bring up Michelle Fiore. Wait, she's not. Well, she's sort of an elected official in Pahrump right now. As Wow. I I can't believe the position she has now, but we'll get to that. Uh, She is Amy Tarkanian. She's the former Republican chair of the great state of Nevada joining us in studio. We will take a quick break. And if anybody wants to call in, maybe we'll take a few calls. I know we had some calls earlier. I'll take them. 702-221-7283 is the number to call in again. If you have a question for Amy Tarkanian, you can give us a call now at 702-221-7283. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. Everybody, are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. Buying or selling a home is a huge life event that requires guidance from an expert in the industry and community. My name is Blake Wynn. You may recognize my name as my grandfather was the best governor the state of Nevada has ever had. Growing up in Las Vegas, I've come to know this community intricately. Now, I am raising a family here as well. So I understand all the issues impacting our home and quality of life. As the top realtor for the number one real estate team at Keller Williams, you can have confidence in my experience, knowledge, and track record. When it comes to buying, selling, or investing in real estate, choose a name you can trust and someone who understands the world-famous radio show. Call Blake Wynn today and experience the difference of a trusted expert. 702-540-3311. 
everybody. It's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment, and work injuries. You name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound, and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes, and more. They also offer general wellness exams, treatments such as testosterone enhancement, and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices, office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client. So please give them a call, 702-248-0554. Located only four miles from downtown Colorado Springs, at just 10 miles from Pikes Peak, Hyatt Place Colorado Springs Garden of the Gods offers spacious rooms featuring contemporary decor with stylish furnishings, including divided living and sleeping areas, the Hyatt Grand Bed, state-of-the-art media and work center, a 42-inch flat-panel high-definition television that easily integrates with laptops and other devices, and complimentary breakfast is included in your stay. Hyatt Place Colorado Springs Garden of the Gods at 503 West Garden of the Gods Road. Visit HyattPlace.com. The Radio Shopping Show is heard right here on KSHP North Las Vegas, AM and FM, P29-68B North Las Vegas, and KSHP.com. All right, welcome back. It's uh, Pushing the Limits on a Monday. We got Anthony Scaramucci tomorrow. I'm telling you, poor Amy, I got her in studio. It's like 100 degrees in this studio right now, and uh, it's a little bit uncomfortable in here. Um, plus, she's in studio and she's got to look at me, which makes things even worse for her. <laughs> but anyway, Amy Tarkanian, the former Republican chair, uh, joining us uh, for the state of Nevada in studio. I want to tell you guys about my good friend Blake Gwynn, of course, his former uh, former governor of uh, the great state of Nevada, Kenny. Uh, Blake's a great guy. He grew up here his entire life. Wonderful family. Buying or selling a house, you, you got to contact Blake Gwynn with Keller Williams. He took care of my family. My parents are moving here in two weeks. I'm I'm so excited for that. Uh, please give him a call, 702-540-3311. Blake Wynn with Keller Williams, he'll take care of you, 702-50-3311. All right, uh, Amy, hey, let's... so when we yeah. lived in Las Vegas, he was our neighbor. Great person. Yep. Great family, yep. too. Phenomenal. And, he was such a wonderful human being that when he was in town, he and I would both be taking our trash cans down the road, like, you know, because Danny yeah. would be traveling, and... He, we, he'd be in his sweatpants. I'd be in mine. You know, we both look like a hot mess. And he would say, Hey, what's going on, kiddo? You know, where's Danny at today? And then when he knew that Danny was gone, yeah. I would wake up the next week and he, he would take my cans down for me before I could even get up. I mean, he was always nice person, just the nicest man. He'd, you know, peek his head over the fence. Yeah. Hey, kiddos, what are you guys doing today? And I had no idea that he was a fan of my show for years. Like oh, he wow. told me he'd, I had met him at an event and he said, I've been listening to you for years. You're reasonable. And I said, well, you're reasonable. Yeah. This whole family is reasonable. You know, yeah. reasonable Republicans. I'm nice friends people. with Dima. Yeah. They're, yeah they're and all she's wonderful. now permanently up in Reno. And so she's doing well. They're nice people. And I'm so glad that he's uh, a part of the And Blake is very lovely. Great guy. Great guy. G- great dude. Unfortunately, he tripped over a dog and he dislocated his shoulder. The poor guy has been in some pain the oh, last my. couple months. But he's getting better. All right, Amy, let's talk about some people maybe that are not so reasonable. Let me start with Michael McDonald. Okay. Uh, I don't know what if any interaction you've had with him over the last few years. This is a man 
who was who got his cell phone confiscated by the FBI, who was directly asked, were you a part of this fake electorate scheme? And he pleaded the fifth. Mm-hmm. This is the leader of the Republican Party in this state who I believe was part of a fake electorate scheme. I mean, to me, this he is an embarrassment. You want to talk about clowns. Yeah. There's a clown that's dangerous. Right. I believe he is a clown and he is uh, has no moral compass at all. No. And he, on top of that, was given uh, limited immunity. Why? What did you share? What did you know? Why were you given this immunity? Mm. Obviously, that means you're not quite on the up and up. There's something questionable going on. Right. And uh, there were six fake electors. And I thought that did enormous damage to faith in democracy and to faith in our electorate system. Um, I sit on the the Secretary of State's nonpartisan organization where um, we get together uh, on a quarterly basis and give feedback, you know, and, and actually ask questions and try to see how can we be better stewards in the community in sharing what the Secretary of State's office is right. doing. Right. And, and I think really what they did, did a disservice because it, it put into people's minds that fraud was happening systemically, mm-hmm. right? I mean, obviously nothing is perfect. There, right. there can always be problems. But there's no evidence of widespread voter fraud. Correct. Right. And, and the fact that they were telling people, you know, basically in a nutshell that President Biden was not president, you know, it, it, I think <laughs> was inc- incredibly irresponsible and uh, buffoonery. But if Donald, hey, that's my word. No, I'm oh. just kidding. <laughs> but if Donald Trump didn't say the election was stolen, and rigged. None of that stuff happens. Yeah. And and I look at January 6th and it's pretty simple. If Trump didn't say that Joe Biden stole the election, his followers wouldn't have gone in there and terrorized people and beat police officers. And that's why I believe Donald Trump needs to be indicted for inciting the, uh, an insurrection. I don't know how you feel about that, but that's well, all I Well, like I said, that that was a turning point. That was yeah. that was it for me. Right. I was done. Right. Um, I didn't like the fact that it took him so long to actually put out a statement. Five hours, and then he said he loved all of them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we agree there. We agree on Mike McDonald. Uh, and by the way, there's a lot of Republicans that have been turning on Mike McDonald as well. Uh, you're yeah. not the only one. Uh, there are people speaking out. Let's talk about Clark County for a moment, shall we? Last week, I played the debate, the debate with Jesse Law, Nephi Kaliki, John Brukagan, and Jill. I played, I played um, uh, some of the highlights there. First of all, Nephi Kaliki, who made a bunch of racist jokes. He's supposed to be teaching people how to use guns. He made national news for making racist jokes about gun use and people who are black. That is the guy that was running for leadership of Clark County who has no idea what he's doing, and he is an embarrassment. Johnny Brew, another guy who, in my personal opinion, has no idea what he's doing. He goes in front of a target on a motorcycle. I was going to say, I saw that same post. Yeah, yeah. This is the guy that you want being a leader of your party who thinks he's going a, around hey, driving hey, his motorcycle yeah, saying, yeah. don't go shop yeah. in Target. What, can I yeah. ask you, what kind of loser, Amy, in general now, yeah. ask, what kind of loser do you have to be to wake up in the morning and say, I'm going to go on my motorcycle and yeah. tell people not to shop at Target because they have some. Yeah, I'm going to go harass yeah, people. Yeah. I'm going to tell people not to shop there because I don't like what they're selling. What type of loser? And he talks about leadership. Yeah. What, I mean, what do you make of people that do that? that? That's, that's somebody who's looking for attention, uh, obviously, you know, or else why would he be videotaping himself doing that nonsense? Right. You know, if you don't want to sh- go shop at Target, 
then how about you just don't go shop at Target? Or if you do want to shop at Target and that still makes you feel uncomfortable with that section, how about just avoid that section? Hey, how about that? Oh my God, reasonable. Yeah. That's what I said. I'm like, listen, <laughs> I, I made this funny analogy, forgive me, but if you're in a sex store and sure. they're selling things that maybe you wouldn't use, yeah. I don't not shop there. I go there for what I wanted to get. That's yeah. all. Or, or how about <laughs> this comparison when my, my son would strangle me if he heard this but you know he's now 13 but when he was much younger if i had to go into the lingerie section right oh my gosh he you you're would, indoctrinating your kids it is terrible <laughs> you know he would not step foot in into a victoria's secret if we had to go right. into the mall right so you know i knew that if i had my son with me we just had to avoid that section if uh, i agree another analogy if they're a maga section in a store and i went there to buy something else you might get a chuckle out of me i might actually put on a hat and take a picture as a joke but i wouldn't never shop there again i don't care right i don't care and i don't and, and again it goes back to all these republicans that seem to make these statements about, oh, my God, Target indoctrinating our kids. Hey, how about don't shop there? You're the ones who talk about cancel culture all the time. What yeah. are you doing? You're screaming at people. I had a lady who was the, I don't even remember her name. She was like the leader of, of this pack that, that was in front of Target telling people and shouting at people that were wearing masks. It's like, it's unbelievable. I was in, I, I was in a, um, I was at a baseball game. Oh, speaking of that. So I got a text from yeah. uh, Jim Gemma. Oh, who, I love who Jim. Who loves listening to you. He's listening right guy. now and he works yes. for the aviators. Jim is so. a great guy. Yes. Uh, he's a great so, guy. Hello, and Jim. It, and if he took a picture of you, he would put it on social media and say, yes. hey, I got another picture of Beauty and the Beast. Obviously, you've yes. been the beauty. Yeah. Jim is a great guy. He is. But I'm at a baseball game and and this this lady that's working there, she's wearing a mask. Who cares, right? There's a guy there that's getting into an argument with her. Why are you wearing a mask? The COVID's open over forever. Oh, my god. And I'm like, hey, douchebag. Okay. That's her personal decision. And shut up. Yeah. Right? Uh, what is wrong with people? Yesterday, I'm at a uh, casino last night in a hotel. And something on the menu, there's an omelet and then there's another omelet with tomatoes. And the guy's saying, why don't you just have the same thing on the menu? Somebody should be fired for making this menu. And, and I laughed at him and I said to his wife, I'm like, how do you live with this guy? And she started laughing. He's like, yeah, yeah, he should shut up. I'm like... What is wrong with people? Let people do what they want. Stop yeah. trying to get people fired. And usually the people that are trying to get others fired are the ones that are unemployed. Like, you're, you're, there's, you're, a, there's a lot of very angry, bitter people, yeah. unfortunately. And I think the lockdowns made it worse. Mm -hmm. I agree. And people mentally have not been able to crawl out of that hole. And it, I mean, I see it constantly. It just, it just seems to be, um, you know, even on the roads. The road rage has increased. Um, you go into an airport, the lack of disrespect for, for, you know, TSA yeah. or, or even once you're on the plane. I agree. You know, it is We're just seeing it every day, every day. Yeah. And so, you know, for the person to be complaining about, you know, tomatoes and <laughs> being next to the omelet. I <laughs> well, mean, I this person, them, yeah. yeah I I, mean, sometimes I should shut up, but got, I, I got just some, some anger issues. Sometimes I need to just open my mouth. Uh, speaking of, uh, uh, of a pig that opens up her mouth. I'm sorry. Did I really just say that? Uh, let's talk about Michelle Fiore. Uh, she's just a horrible human being. And, um, I defended you as I would with anybody. Um, I appreciate when that. you decided to not support her candidacy and you uh, supported a Democrat, um, she decided after she lost and you, by the way, you supported the right person. Uh, in fact, everyone that I supported won. Yeah. And, and I will yeah. say not that, not that I'm a gambling person, not that I'm a betting person, but I was pretty proud of myself. Yeah. I got every single one of them correct. 
you got you did get them correct. I think you were wrong about Donald Trump, but we don't need to go back there. But but that's okay. Yeah. Okay. But, okay. That's the only one. <laughs> you got Trump wrong, but yes. I think you you yes. have everything you're right. else in Nevada. You've gotten a lot of people right, no yeah. question. And she goes on a stage in a Republican event with Michael McDonald, that moron, standing right next to him. And for lack of a better term, and I know when I went up to Trump and I said this, oh, watch your language. No, I'm not. Yeah. She was slut shaming you. Yeah. That's what she was doing. She said two drinks and the panties come off. First of all, she doesn't know anything about your personal life. Right. And, she, and she's and, she, and you're you're a loving mother, a loving wife, and she's making these statements about you. And people, not everybody, but there were people in there that were laughing. There were other people that were disgusted. You've yes. heard on the video. I'm just wondering, and I know we've talked about this before, but what went through your mind when you first saw that? Um, I wasn't surprised, which is sad. I, I was disgusted, but not surprised because I've been attacked at, at every angle mm-hmm. by this group of individuals for a very long time. And I don't know why I live rent free in their head, but I do. And, um, it was funny because once my family caught wind of it, even my kids who are, you know, all older now, they were all disgusted, but once again, not surprised. And we all just made jokes. And even my husband said, God, I would have saved a lot more money if I knew it only took two drinks, you know? <laughs> and, <laughs> and, That's actually very funny. Yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> and then, you know, I had one daughter go, wow, they don't know her tolerance level, you know? <laughs> you know? And so it's sad, but we just try to make jokes uh, about She's this a mini nonsense. Donald Trump. She's a mini she Donald Trump. She thinks she is. Yeah, she and and that's yeah. the problem with, with, I think, the, the current situation is, it worked well for Donald Trump to be brash, right? It works well for him to attack individuals and to make up little nicknames and, and whatnot. But it doesn't work for other people. And so they're trying to emulate it. And it's caused a huge problem because you've got now a major part of the electorate of the Republican Party who are sick of it. And so when you want to emulate someone wh- who has this misbehavior, yeah. It, it's not it's not going to work this time around. I agree. And and it's it's despicable when I heard it then. It's still despicable now. And, and I've talked to many people about that. And she's, well, and that and that's why they, they think it's OK to to talk about people like that. Right. And it's not. It's not. And no. it's never not. And I don't care who you are. It's never not OK or OK. And I it's use never the term, OK. And I use the term pig not to describe her physically. Describe her personality and what she says or and, and what she does. Her behavior is piggish. Well, and, and very unprofessional and right. should have been removed from that position or reprimanded yeah. immediately. And none of that happened. And, and it should have. And, and I had uh, uh, Seaman was in studio and I think she's a very nice lady, even though she at one is. point she supported Fiore. Mm-hmm. She's turned into what I consider a very reasonable Republican. I yes. think she's a nice lady. I would vote for her. And, you know, uh, Michelle Fiore allegedly breaks her fingers and they get into a physical. Oh, she did. She had There's a lawsuit. Cert- she had to have surgery. Yeah. And I feel horrible hands. for her. And Michelle yeah. Fiore should have gone to jail for that. And now she's up there in Pahrump. I mean, it, as an elected official, it's yeah, but, ridiculous. But you know what's, what's even more ridiculous is the fact that uh, legislation had to be put into place um, because of her new yeah. position. You know, she does not have a law degree, but yet she's a justice of it's the peace. It's a joke. Yeah, she and does, so yeah. Yeah, is she a judge? No. But she's... Still, she oversees people's lives, right? She makes decisions. Yeah. And the lady that thinks it's okay to have guns in a courtroom, too. I right. mean, you couldn't be more stupid than right. her. Let's talk about somebody else who I think is is crazy. Uh, so you went on social media, and I have no problem with this at all. Uh, you you had, you had said that you're, you're a bisexual woman. Okay. Sure. And my response is, okay, great. Good for her. 
it doesn't bother me. I don't care. You know, as if a guy said that, I would have the same reaction. Cool. Sure. Good for you. Be who you want to be. I think it's great that um, you, you're able to do that. And you're comfortable doing that. Sigel Chatta uh, started attacking you on social media for, for just being honest and saying, I'm a bisexual woman. What did you make of that? Once again, not surprised. These people are very angry at me. They have no self-reflection. Um, they basically uh, talk about me at every single Republican meeting, um, like I am former Senator Harry Reid or George Soros or Satan himself, um, because I endorsed their right. opponents. And there was a good reason I endorsed their opponents, because, you know, I may not agree policy-wise with Attorney General Aaron Ford mm -hmm. on every single issue. Right. But I know he's not going to embarrass our state. And I know that he's a decent human being. Um, but she actually had, you know, it had been found that she said that he, he should be hanging from an effing crane. Now, whoever thinks that's acceptable um, should be questioned themselves. You know, uh, I am completely 110% comfortable and confident in the choices that I made mm -hmm. because I want the better person. I don't need to sit there and say, oh, just because you're a registered Republican makes you the better person right, right. because that's not true. And just because you're registered Democrat doesn't make you the better person. Exactly. I want the more reasonable, rational human being who I know is going to at least, you know, uh, have an ear to the ground and then try to make the best decision possible yeah. for the masses. And everybody votes differently. Right. But I'm, I'm with you. My number one is not policy. My number one is, are you a decent human being? It's, exactly. By the way, it's why I didn't vote for Obama or Mitt Romney. Not because I dislike both of them, because I like both of them. Yeah. And I think Mitt Romney would have been a decent president. Why? I disagree with him on a lot of policy, but I think Mitt Romney's a decent man. John McCain. I didn't vote for John McCain or Obama, even though I was very hesitant and scared of uh, who John McCain picked as his vice president and Sarah Palin. But John McCain, war hero, decent man. Don't always agree with him on policy. Right. Thank you. I think one of the finest moments in my lifetime in politics was when that woman uh, at, at his political event, I think it was in Arizona, I could be wrong, but she, she called Barack Obama, uh, I believe, uh, a terrorist. And John McCain grabbed the microphone and said, no, ma'am. He's a decent man, and we just happen to disagree on policy. And I said, wow, that's somebody that I could – that moment I said, I'm not going to vote for Obama because uh, I'm okay with either of them being president. That's we, we need, need more, more of that, that in politics. Yes, absolutely. We need more of that stuff. And I do think there are some decent people out there that would do that, but they are few and far between. Speaking of few and far between, I want I have to get your take on Jesse Law. I mean, what are your thoughts on Jesse Law and – the alleged violations that he made uh, with, with some of these investors, I guess. And I don't know a lot about this story. I read it in the Review Journal uh, that it, it could have been some Ponzi scheme. Allegedly, I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, what do you make of this situation and Jesse Law? I think it's very sad. I think it's very sad where the state of our entire uh, Republican Party is in general. And I think the fact that you have somebody who also his endorsement from Trump is put into question. Um, you've got somebody who supposedly his time. Now, these are all, you know, I'm just saying allegedly mm -hmm. um, his time working in the White House. You know, he was supposedly let go, but he doesn't talk about it. Um, you've got uh, a few females who have now come out and um, 
put into question his character and the way that they were treated by him. Um, and he hides behind the facade of Christianity and Mormonism. And you're hearing more and more and more about his private life um, being completely different from his public life. And uh, I, I just think it's, it's disappointing. You know, I used to be friends with him, mm-hmm. good friends with him. He helped me get elected actually. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I just watched his life kind of unravel and Michael McDonald, who I believe is some somewhat of a predator, you know, can smell when there's someone's down and out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I believe took advantage of him and really he turned him into or helped turn him into somebody who I don't recognize. Can you, okay. Help me understand it. Cause you, you would, you're, you're, uh, would you call yourself a, a woman of faith? Yeah. Okay. So Jesse Law talks about religion a lot. And by the way, have Great. no, no problem. I mean, I'm, I'm not an extremely religious person, but I'm also not an atheist. I do believe in God. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't usually hang out with extremely religious people that say God bless every other word, but, but I have no problem with you doing you. Yeah. I've always been that person, right? Okay. So Jesse talks about faith in God. He associates himself with people like Mike McDonald and Donald Trump. How can you take that person seriously when he talks about God? Well, first of all, nobody's perfect, right? I mean, I have my problems. Um, I'm sure you have your problems. Sure. Um, I also don't talk about God every other word either, though. Yeah, <laughs> which which to me comes across very phony. Right, right. And that's why I think he's hiding behind that. Yeah. Um, because the, the stories that you're hearing, allegedly um, – of his lifestyle being completely different behind closed doors mm-hmm. from what he presents himself as yeah. um, in front of, you know, the, the organization that he leads um, are two different situations. Now yeah. I'll be the first to tell you like, Oh yeah, I love God. You know, I right. am a firm believer in sure. God, mm-hmm. but yeah, have I had my struggles? Am we I all... somebody who, sure. you know, m- maybe needs to go talk to a therapist a couple of times, you of know, a, a year or whatever both. it may yeah. be. Yeah. And I'll go ahead and share right. it with you. So that way, you know, it's okay to go and have it right. done too. Right. I'm not going to pretend. And I think that people are seeing that he's, had problems and he's not being real about it. Right. And I, because yeah. once again, I don't recognize him anymore. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think deep down inside he's a good person and wants to be uh, yeah. liked, but he's gotten mixed in the wrong crowd. He kicked me out of one of his events for just sitting yeah. down and just watching. So, you know, if you want people to come to the other side or even better yeah. understand you and your party, then you probably shouldn't be kicking out members of the media that are just sitting there minding their own business. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's what I was doing. But anyway, yeah. all right. That's enough about Jesse Law. That's probably the most I've ever done about Jesse I just, Law. I actually <laughs> hope he's not reelected because yeah. he's n- not done a very good job. Who, who would you, is there anybody that you would endorse? You know, what's funny. No. I, and I don't know the other. I'm shocked you're not uh, endorsing Nephi Kaliki because he sounds like such an intelligent guy. Uh, well, I, I do know <laughs> Nephi. Uh, such a reasonable guy. But I know that he's not going to be in the running. He shows up and he says, I don't want this job. I hate this job. Well, then why are you there, dude? That's, I mean, like, come on. Like, well, he, he was bringing out some information that needed to be brought out. And that's okay. But it's yeah. like when you're applying for a job, let somebody else know that actually wants the job. Uh, yeah. Now, you know? I know a number of people who want Jill 
And mm-hmm. I've never met Jill, so I, I can't give you I don't you know her feedback. either. Yeah. I, I don't know her either. And then but, Johnny Brew, of course, yeah. you know, I mean, it, come yeah. on. Hanging but that's the same guy who's telling, yeah, yeah, yeah. harassing people harassing at Target. Harassing people at Target. Yeah, yeah. Sounds, like, sounds like a wonderful leader for the Republican yeah. Party. All right. A couple more minutes here. First of all, what has your life been like since you left Las Vegas? Is your family doing good? Everybody doing all right? Yeah, everyone's doing great. Danny's kicking butt. In the county commission, and it's been really fun to watch. Um, and it, it's a shame that he wasn't in Congress because that man has got the brains. He's Can got ask you the that? determination. Can, right, let me ask you that. Uh, there are some people that would say, and by the way, I love it when I have debates with Danny. And he's called into my show and he's been just listening. He's like, great at it, too. Yeah, I, I've always liked Yeah, sometimes you get a little emotional on social media. I don't sure. think your husband's this bad guy. I've never said anything like that. Yeah. But when you hear some people say, wait a second, your last name is Tarkanian and you've lost so-and-so number of elections. Why? What is your answer to that? Well, he's won every primary mm-hmm. and he's come very close to winning the general. And... I would say he's somebody who is extremely determined, somebody mm-hmm. who truly loves Nevada and would do an amazing job mm-hmm. um, in in D.C. for mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. I just don't know why there wasn't just that final push. You know, he lost, I think it was by 1% to Jackie Rosen. Yeah, it was very close. It's very close. Yep. He even lost, I think it was only by a couple points to Susie Lee. You know what I'm going to say? very close. As an outsider looking in, here's what I would say. The same reason, in a sense, why Hillary Clinton lost to Donald Trump. I don't think she got out there and we didn't get the, the enough of the human being that is your husband. It was just Oh, my gosh. Much. There's no way we could have been out anymore. I mean, even when CD4 was first drawn up and um, that's now yeah. Congressman Horsford's position. Right. So the way that it's drawn, it's it's unfair, yeah. basically, because it's got a long stretch of rural mm-hmm. and then it's got a section of um Clark. Now Clark obviously has a more mm-hmm. dense population, mm-hmm. but it encompassed also Congressman Horford, Horsford's yeah. state senate seat and a few of the adjacent seats right. um were also heavily yeah. uh, democrat. So Danny won everything. And I mean everything. And I'm not I'm not trying to say it's easy to win either. It's not. Uh, I know it's He very won everything de- but lost right. Senator Horsford's at right. that time. Right. His Seat, Horsford his is former seat. more of a vulnerable candidate now than I think he's ever been. Really? Uh, he heads the, the Black Caucus. Yeah, I understand that, but he's had a lot of personal issues in his life that I don't think that public. matters. I don't think Democrats care about he that. He sat here, he sat right here when I had him in studio and he basically threatened Sam Peters right next to me. I mean, he did that. There's audio. Well, that's it. easy to do. Yeah. I, I mean, mean he, Sam's well, a bit Sam, of a wet noodle. Yeah. Well, Sam held a press conference talking about his family. So I yeah, kind of don't which, blame him for getting yeah, angry. Uh, but yeah. any, but anyway, well, I am, I am, uh, so happy that you, you came in studio. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah. What do you think of the, I know you're not a gambler, but what do no, you I'm think not. of the odds? If I invite you and Danny just to not even, you don't even have to go on the air just to have a good time in my cabana and just hang out at Sapphire on Friday. <laughs> what, what do you think of the odds that Danny would say yes to that with you? Well, first of all, he's actually going to be leaving town tomorrow. Shoot. And I'm staying here for the rest of the week to help okay. uh, with the basketball. Well, you're welcome if you'd like to come. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I you don't I even have to let... go on the air. The drinks and food are on me. <laughs> okay. So, so I'm just saying, I'm just throwing that out there. I don't know how your husband would feel. About well, he that, has but... county commission meeting on Thursday. Okay. And so I don't know when he's returning. Okay. Well, you can but... let me know on that. Okay. But anyway, I all always, right. I always appreciate it when you come on this show. I think we always have a great conversation. And uh, I have I ho- no problem with the workers at Sapphire. But... <laughs>
<laughs> I bet you don't. Yeah. Neither, guess what? Neither do I. Yeah. Neither do I. It's always nice to have a conversation, even though we might not necessarily agree on everything, to speak to somebody that I believe is intelligent, reasonable, and, and a decent person. So, uh, oh, of, course, of course, I'm talking about numchuck. No, I'm just, oh. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You know what the worst part about Sapphire is, right? <laughs> What's that? That I am stuck in this Yeah, he's studio. stuck here when I do the show live out there on Friday. Uh, yeah, it's brutal. I'll tell Anthony, do you know Mood the Mooch? Uh, no, what? we've never met. We crossed, we crossed paths when um, yeah. we were both at MSNBC. Ah. So he was just starting at MSNBC and yeah. I was in studio and we crossed yeah. paths, but we didn't get to interact. Also a very intelligent, reasonable guy. And I loved, I love talking to these people, even though I don't like you, people like yourself, even though we might not agree on everything. I love having a good conversation. Maybe you can tell him off the air to connect us. Uh, you know what? I can do that. Yeah, I, I can do that. Yeah, it, yeah because now, now I've been going on. I have his um, cell phone number. So I will, I will text him and yeah. say, hey, can I give yep. Amy uh, your number, and I'm sure he will say last yes. last couple weekends I've been <laughs> on with Al Sharpton. So Al Sharpton, yeah, oh, there's a guy that's an interesting character. Yeah, he's like the Don King of politics. That's like what I try. Yeah, to call I know him. not a lot of people really <laughs> like him, but he loved my father-in-law, and he's good to me. So. Well, you know what? That's important, and I yeah. don't know him personally. I've met him a few times. He was nice to me when he came in uh, into the studios at CBS, and uh, that's cool. Amy, uh, all seriousness, thank you so much for being here and always doing this show. I always appreciate you. Yeah, thank you. And I always uh, have had the utmost respect for you and your husband. So thank you you so much for being here tell your husband i'm not such a far lefty like he thinks i am and he's also welcome on this show anytime it's actually fun for us to to argue with i like danny sometimes. you tell him i said that. I, will, I do I, I do like him all right that's amy tarkanian everybody always appreciate it when she comes in we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to preview the nba summer league while danny played at the thomas and max center plenty of times uh the nba finals of the uh nba summer league are tonight Associated Press writer Mark Anderson will be joining us next to talk and preview that. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. Everybody, are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub? When you can be a hero, Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. Buying or selling a home is a huge life event that requires guidance from an expert in the industry and community. My name is Blake Wynn. You may recognize my name as my grandfather was the best governor the state of Nevada has ever had. Growing up in Las Vegas, I've come to know this community intricately. Now, I am raising a family here as well. So I understand all the issues impacting our home and quality of life. As the top realtor for the number one real estate team at Keller Williams, you can have confidence in my experience, knowledge, and track record. When it comes to buying, selling, or investing in real estate, choose a name you can trust and someone who understands the community you call home. Call Blake Wynn today and experience the difference of a trusted expert. 702-540-3311. 
Sapphire Pool and Day Club, the world's only topless gentlemen's day club, introduces its 2023 pool season lineup with a bevy of beauties and social media celebrities throughout the summer who will all host alongside hundreds of Sapphire's topless poolside entertainers. Enjoy brunch in the sun with items like frittata-style omelets, stripping chicken, and French kiss toast before washing it down with signature summertime cocktails. Ten lines beware, go bear! Ladies are welcome to go topless within the day club for the ultimate party. Guests can purchase affordable day bed packages, cabana packages, lounge chairs, and more. The best part, though? Pushing the Limits will be broadcasting shows every other Friday throughout the pool season with a ton of surprise celebrity guests. Wow! Reserve your spot now. For more info, visit sapphirepoollv.com or call 702-869-0003. That's 702-869-0003. See you at Sapphire. Hey everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment and work injuries. You name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound, and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes, and more. They also offer general wellness exams and treatments such as testosterone enhancement and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices, office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client. So please give them a call, 702-248-0554. Welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on a Monday. Uh, my thanks to Amy Tarkanian for joining us in studio. Speaking of hoops, what a, what a hoops family that is. With, uh, of course, Danny and, and the late, great Jerry Tarkanian. Always fun talking to Amy. I really, really uh, appreciate it when she comes in. Also appreciate my favorite gaming bar in town. It's Jackson's Bar and Grill located at Flamingo and Jones. I was in there the other day. Great promotions this month, including if you go four to the Royal twice this week, you get a chance to spin the wheel to win up to 3000 I had the prime rib there the other day. It is, I'm telling you, it's some of the best prime rib I've ever had. It's incredible. Check them out. Jackson's Bar and Grill, located at Flamingo and Jones. Tell them I sent you. And uh, take advantage of all their promotions because it's really awesome. Uh, I've been taking advantage of watching a lot of great basketball down at the Thomas and Mack Center. Uh, and Cox Pavilion. Uh, the NBA Summer League's great. Of course, we had Warren Ligari on the show. I've been interviewing him for, for over a decade. Great guy. And uh, it's just been a lot of fun. You get to watch some former UNLV players out there that are uh, in Vegas kids. The kid Robinson's been unbelievable. He's really had a great Summer League. And I figured what better person to talk about this than the man from the Associated Press himself who's been covering uh, Summer League and does such a great job in doing so, Mark Anderson from the AP. Mark, always appreciate it, my friend. How are you? I'm doing well, Brian. You kind of overstate my uh, coverage of Summer League this year, but thank you. <laughs> no, you do a good job, man. I read your articles, and uh, I guess let's start from the perspective, before we talk about the finals tonight, by the way, which is Cleveland and Houston at 6 p.m., um, who who are some of the standouts for you that have impressed you this year? I mean, I, I said I love the way Robinson has played. I, I think he's a year in the G League has really helped him. What are your thoughts on some of the, the standouts? 
you know, I think Holmgren has shown that maybe he belongs in this league. Um, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, because like that was that was obviously the big question. I mean, he was hurt, of course, so no one no one really knew. But um, but yeah, he, I mean, he's had a great summer league, and and uh, that's kind of my big takeaway. I mean, Wimbledon. I mean, yeah, uh, obviously, you know, the way he bounced back was huge. Um, you know, and I, I but you know, I, I've learned a long time ago. You be very careful what you read in a summer league. Lonzo Ball was MVP one year, and and while he has a you know, been I wouldn't say a complete bust in the NBA. I don't think he's been what people expected. So yeah, I do try to keep everything in perspective. That's fair. I mean, to, you know, when I watched Ball, I said, okay, he'll be an NBA player. But I, I, people were talking like he's going to be one of the best guards of all time, and I, I'm like, you're crazy. I mean, I, I don't know, but but you're right. You also see other guys, and and they're disappointing. Uh, let's talk about Webinyama again, real quickly. I mean, obviously the first game he had the jitters. He looked a little nervous out there. He's got a lot of work, but second game he looked really, really good. Uh, I think he's going to struggle with the physicality of at least this year in the NBA. He's certainly going to have a long NBA career. I don't think, uh, you know, hopefully he doesn't, you know, injuries wise that you never know what's going to happen, but he looks like he's going to be a shot blocker and it just looks like he's going to have to make a living out of his mid range games and making outside shots. I think he's going to struggle in the paint, at least in year one. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't, and I think you're probably right. I mean, he's still a really young player, so right, right. I, I think it's, I think it's going to take a while. But at least, at least now he's shown that that he, um, he has a chance to have a good, pretty good future. So. Yeah, no question. Right. You know, and then, and then you see guys that are, you know, former Rebel players. Like I, I, McCoy was on the end of the bench for Miami Heat, I believe, and he got some minutes in some of the later games. But there were people that were unexpectedly on teams. I didn't expect McCoy was going to be on a team. Did you know that? No, I had no idea until you just told me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of wild. It's 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 kind of crazy. And then you see some of these other guys, like I mentioned, Robinson, Vegas kid who yeah. played played for Fresno, and and it's incredible because I I was talking to him, and he said UNLV didn't even attempt to recruit him. And I, I don't really want to get into a big yeah. UNLV basketball conversation, but let's be honest, Mark, you know this better than anybody. There is a lot of basketball talent in this city. For the life of me, I don't understand why they don't get some of these kids to play for UNLV, and they sometimes they don't even go after them. No, and you know that's been not only the problem in basketball, but football's had that history too. And we're not talking about the kids who go play at Oklahoma; it's the kids who are playing the Mountain West and come back and burn them. Right. Um, you know, and that and that's that's where they've that's where they've missed a lot of times. Um, you know, I, I do think that uh, I, I I do think that Kevin Kruger is, is more in tune to local kids than maybe some previous coaches. Mm-hmm. I also think the same on the football side. Um, from what I've seen so far this year with what's happening with Odom and although Tony Sanchez was pretty locked in with, with local crew he was, too, but he was, but, but, but other than those two, yeah, I mean, a lot of, a lot of it was lip service. They weren't, uh, they weren't really paying that close attention to local kids. Well, you know, again, when I see a kid like Robinson and, and he plays for Fresno and he is a legit NBA player, I think he's going to be a legit player in the league this year. He's had a great summer league. And when he tells me that he didn't even get a call from UNLV, that's a yeah, problem. And that, that, that needs to be addressed. It's one thing if he chooses not to go there, but the fact he didn't even reach out right. to him and his family is, is beyond uh, bizarre to me. Uh, the game tonight should be, uh, an entertaining one, right? The Cleveland Cavaliers and the Houston Rockets. Uh, from a gambling standpoint, it's pretty much a pick 'em. Uh, going to be live on, I believe, ESPN two tonight at six p.m. I, I would imagine you're covering it. What are your thoughts on this one? 
I am. Um, you know, I, you're probably more in tune than I am. I, you know, I was covering uh, WNBA All Star, and yep. so uh, my, my mind's actually been in that. And so this is being the first time I've been out there in about a week. Oh, so, cool! Well, it should be fun. I mean, obviously, yeah, these are two teams so. that are playing very well. What people don't understand is that this is really important for the coaching staff. I mean, for the head coach of either of these teams, this is a stepping stone, and it's a big deal. This has turned into a big deal, and what the NBA Summer League has turned into is, is it's pretty special, right? I mean, the crowds have been yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I like the general direction of Cleveland anyway. Uh, they 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 really do seem to be trending upward the past year or two. Uh, yeah, I you know, and then the East is I think fairly wide open. I mean, the Heat show they can go from playing game to making the finals. So I think the Cavaliers can put themselves in the conversation next season to at least be a contender in the East. I think Houston still has a ways to go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe I I don't know that you want to read too much into. The summer league championship, uh, but you know if they if Cleveland wins, you know maybe they can use that as some sort of motivation, or maybe they can learn some things about some of their players that will really help them next season. That's probably more what it is. They, how do these players react? Uh, you know, not that anyone is ever going to remember the summer league title team, but how do they react when there's something on the line? You know, sure. Uh, maybe maybe that's. The sort of the big, maybe that's the biggest thing the coaches can get out of it. No question. In big moment like this on national television in the finals, where pretty much every basketball ga- fan is is probably watching, uh, you know, some basketball tonight. Uh, how do these some of these younger players react? And I think that's that's a really good point. Since you mentioned the WNBA All Star Weekend, uh, I wanted to cover it. Unfortunately, I was out of town. But um, Brittany Griner, obviously the big story, right? I mean, I heard she was having the time of her life this weekend, and rightfully so, she should be. Yeah. Did you have a chance to talk to her or go to any of her press? conferences and what she talking about you know where she was just eight months ago six months ago yes in fact i uh, i basically staked out where she was gonna be sitting for the the pregame or not the pregame but for the for one of the media availabilities and and asked her some questions and and you know i i interviewed her once years ago and she was much more reserved then, much more close-lipped this time I found her much more engaging, uh, very smiling. And maybe a lot of it is because of what she went through. And I know she's had, she had fun when she was here this, this past week. Uh, um, she, she smiled a lot. She laughed a lot. You know, people talk about what a great sense of humor she has. And, and I, we've gotten to see a little bit of that. And after the all-star game with the, on the, in the news conference, she jumped up on the, on the riser, uh, which kind of got people's attention. You don't want to get hurt, but it was kind of a yeah. fun moment too. So I, I really, I really, it was really fun to see how she just really took everything in and, and maybe. Maybe she just has a great appreciation or newfound appreciation for everything, uh, knowing how you know that how quickly can things can be taken away. You know what? And, and that's obviously a good thing when anybody goes through, and not many people go through the traumatic experience that she had to go through, and, and she certainly didn't deserve that, even though she made no. a mistake. But the fact that she went through it, maybe she has changed. You know, I've talked to other people that say, man, she's smiling more than ever in Vegas this week. And you're not the first person to tell me that. And she should be. She should be enjoying herself and being grateful, as I'm sure she is. And I think that's uh, that's a wonderful thing. Now, I, I would I, I would certainly I don't know what her answer would be on this. But, you know, uh, Megan uh, Raponi uh, was uh, made some interesting statements about transgenders in sports not that we need to get into that conversation <laughs> but that's a question that i would have asked her because you know uh, uh or rapino i'm sorry i keep pronouncing her name wrong but megan rapino who announced her retirement said that she's okay with should be okay with transgenders playing professional sports against women 
And I'm pro-transgender all the way, but I, I'm curious what a Brittany Griner would, would say about that. Did anybody ask her about that? I didn't hear any question along those lines. It was more about yeah. her own experience. And then the WNBA as a whole with uh, the whole thing with travel and the new league that's starting up and that sort of stuff. But it, was, yeah. it wasn't about I, I didn't hear I gotcha. didn't hear any questions at all uh, the past few days about that. That's something that I would have been interested to hear her answer. Here's something else I would ask you because this confuses me. And you know, I know you're a WNBA fan at heart, as I am. You're a basketball fan, and I think it's a great environment. And the Aces are a great franchise. With that being said, when they talk about the flights and they talk about you know more money, I, I say to myself, the business has lost money 27 years in a row. Can you find me a business in this country that's paying their employees more money? that loses money every year. I mean, I, I want them to be paid what they think they deserve to be paid, but where does the money come from if they're losing it every year? Yeah, I mean, well, the big, biggest argument here against the charter flights is it creates an unlevel playing field because not every owner can afford or is willing to commit that kind of money. And, mm. uh, you know, Mark Davis is, he would, he'd pay for every every flight. Um, he already built that beautiful facility for them. Um, so some of the owners are, but there are a lot of owners are, who would completely agree with what you're just saying now. It's like, well, I'm already losing money on this venture. Why would right. I want to lose any more money? So I, I get that. I do. Um, you know, and I don't know what the answer is. Maybe even maybe the next um, media contract, they'll get the more of the money they're looking for. And certainly uh, the increased TV ratings, increased um, social media hits, all that stuff is working on their favor for them to do that. So maybe... But then again, the, the media landscape is changing too. Yeah. As college conferences are finding out, and if, and and pro leagues are finding out, so uh, it, it's really hard to know where that's going to go. But yeah, I it's I, I see both sides. I mean, it, you know, because a lot of these players came from Power Five programs that that did charter everywhere they went. Right. So in some ways, they feel like they're taking a step backward. Uh, yeah. Um, so, but yeah, it, it's it, I my my feeling is. If a team wants to charter, put them charter. If they're willing to spend the money, you know, and if the other owners don't like it, then step up. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, figure I, mean it out. I, I agree. It's either you do or you <laughs> don't. And if you don't want to play for a franchise that doesn't, then then you don't have to. Nobody's forcing you. So uh, right. I, I, I hear what you're saying on, on both sides of that. Uh, on a, on a positive note with the Aces, I mean, they're, they're, they're playing for possibly not just a champion, another championship, a back to back championship, but perhaps the best WNBA team in the history of the WNBA. I mean, they are so good. They, they, they have so many weapons. Becky Hammond is such a wonderful coach. They have so many potential, you know, WNBA Hall of Famers. I mean, well, what do you make of this team and what they might be able to accomplish this year? Yeah, it's uh, it's remarkable. I think you're right. I think I just can't see them losing unless unless they get a couple key injuries. Uh, barring barring a couple key injuries, I just can't see them losing. Yeah. Uh, and and so uh, if they if they keep playing the way they are and and do win the title, you know you have to look at you have to consider them among the best of the best ever. And I don't know how you couldn't. Um, you, you know, I, I just. I I have to do a deep dive to see exactly where they'd rank, but you but you know I I would have to I would think I just looking at the starting five going into the season I looked at the starting five like I don't know if there's a best, better starting five than that one. There's you not. Know? Yeah, I agree. There, yeah. There's not. Does Becky Hammond come back? You think, or do you do you see her down the road possibly one day coaching an NBA basketball team? I think she would be wise uh, to really be choosing because. Uh, she can stay here and win forever, uh, or she could go to an NBA team that's 
uh, coming off back to back water years and get fired in two years. Um, you know, I, so I, I think, I think if an NBA team calls her that has a real chance to win, has a real plan in place, maybe they're not at the top now, but you can see where within two or three years they could be. Yeah. Or, or I, I think that, I think that would make a lot of sense for her, but to just jump just to make history, I don't think makes. I don't. I don't think she should do that. I tend. Um, to, I tend to agree with you, uh, and I think she probably was choosy. Uh, you know, we heard rumblings of the Toronto Raptors getting permission to interview her, but uh, it looks like she's definitely staying put for now. She's making a pretty good salary here. She's the highest paid coach in the WNBA, and uh, I know that uh, Liz Cambage doesn't like that very much. But uh, <laughs> luckily, we don't have to talk about her anymore. But uh, that's another thing about this Aces team, Mark, that I think you'll agree with me. And uh, these are great role models. These are really good people. Yeah. I love Asia Wilson. She's a wonderful wonderful person great dad great family uh kelsey plum's awesome they're, they're great to the fans they're good role models they're good people and i think that's more important than anything yeah no no i'm with you on that and uh it, it's and that's one reason they're so good the locker room's just so good it's sort of like what you saw the golden knights the locker room was just so good right uh in 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 the Knights hadn't had that the previous couple of years. And so I, you can really see what a difference that makes. And, you know, I think winning the title last year took a lot of pressure off them, uh, where they feel more free just to go do what they want to do now. And, um, yeah, I, I think, I think Hammond, um, I, I think one thing that Hammond's, the sense I got from talking to her one time, she didn't say this out loud, but it was just kind of a feeling I got from her is that, it was with the with Toronto thing came out is like, is that a team just putting that out there for, because it sounds good, you know? Yeah. And it, and you could tell that she did. I don't think she ever took that seriously. Yeah. Uh, you know, cause I asked yeah. her about the Raptors. She said, my, my, you know, my, my focus is all on the ACE. And you hear coaches say that all the time, but it, you could really tell she meant it, yeah. <laughs> you know? And, and, and so I, I don't know. I don't know if the Raptors are just putting that out there because it, it sounded good that we put it out there. Yeah. And I think that's the thing she's co- got to be concerned about. It's like, well, how much how much of this is really real? You know. Agree. And I think the only story that made sense to me that I thought about was Popovich. Uh, when Popovich right. retires, maybe maybe she would take over. Pop just signed a five year extension. Now it doesn't mean he's going to be there for five years. The only thing that could make sense to me potentially is when Pop decides to retire he would be no better cheerleader for becky hammond taking over maybe that could happen down the road but i think time is maybe running out uh, on, on that taking place but hey, we'll have to wait and see what happens mark i always appreciate it my friend when you uh take the time to join me we'll see you tonight at the thomas and max center 6 p.m cleveland cavaliers against the houston rockets the uh finals of the uh uh, we're gonna uh, the finals of of the NBA Summer League, but I was just gonna say we're gonna have some more some more NBA basketball in December here, so it's gonna be uh, yeah, it's gonna be yeah. a heck of a fun and a, a lot of fun, and I'm sure you're gonna be covering that, Mark, and uh, you do a great job for the AP, and always appreciate your time, my friend. We'll see you tonight. Thanks for having me on, Brian. Always appreciate the kind words. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate you, my friend. Mark Anderson from the Associated Press joining us. He's going to be, he covers everything here in town, but he's going to be covering, of course, a uh, busy man, NBA Summer League Finals. Cleveland Cavaliers and, and Houston. Now, look, uh, I, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. And and I'm a big fan of the Aces, right? Um, well, I, listen, I don't. I, I'm a fan of basketball, and I'm a fan of the Aces organization and what they've accomplished here. Um, I, I've been to almost every game since they got here when Bill Lane Beer was the head coach. So I'm not one of those people that is anti WNBA. I'm I'm not that person, right? I'm just a very pragmatic person. And I'm honest in my opinions. You can disagree with me. 
And I'm not trying to crap on the WNBA here because if I was in town, I would have been at the WNBA All-Star game and I would have enjoyed myself. I go to Aces games all the time. I enjoy it. I enjoy covering the team. And I meant what I said about the players. They're wonderful people. They're good people. It's fun. And the atmosphere, seeing all these NBA players supporting them and, and, you know, seeing Darren Waller back in town because, you know, he's married that lucky dog, married to Kelsey Plum. But it's fun. It's a fun atmosphere. I like Mark Davis. But for God's sakes, man, can we just stop it with these WNBA players deserve more money? This conversation drives me nuts. The league loses money every year. I don't want to hear excuses. Well, the league should be doing this. Maybe, just maybe, the product is not going to allow you to make more money. Maybe. Now, listen, the Aces make money, but they're also the WNBA championship uh, champions owned by Mark Davis. They make money. Most teams don't. The league doesn't make money. Money doesn't grow on trees, as my mom told me when I was a child. Money doesn't grow on trees. So if Kelsey Plum or anybody in the league, quite frankly, that's saying we want more money or we deserve more money, then where does it come from? Where does it come from? Because if you're going to be getting paid more money, the league is just going to be losing more money. And now they have this new league. Where's that money? going? Is that league going to make money? There's a reason why the NBA makes billions of dollars every year because of the product. Doesn't matter what your age or what your gender Fans come out and they'll spend anywhere between $200 to $1,000 for a regular season ticket because of the product, the demand. The WNBA All-Star Game in Las Vegas was not filled to capacity. Now, they can say it was sold out. It wasn't. I saw pictures. Not every seat was taken. Not everybody went. If you can't sell out 9,000, 10,000 seats at Mandalay Bay for the WNBA All-Star Game, then how is the league going to make money? Where is the money going to come from? Can we please stop the nonsense? I am not anti-WNBA. I'm not anti-ACES. Anybody who knows me knows that. In fact, I love women's sports, particularly tennis. I've been watching Wimbledon nonstop. I've been watching the women play because I like the product. And guess what? Women's tennis players almost as make as, as much as the men because it's a great product. But this Megan Rapino nonsense, it's nonsense from her when it comes to transgenders. That, that's absurd. She's basically saying it's okay if you're born a man claiming that you're a woman to compete against WNBA players. That would ruin the sport. It would ruin any sport, quite frankly. She is a moron. Megan Rapino is a moron. That's, that's what it is. She is a moron. So we have to be reasonable about this stuff. We have to be reasonable. And many of these WNBA players that are, they want more money, they're demanding more money. They're not reasonable and they're not logical. You're making a good living. You're making good money. Accept that money four or five months, four months out of the year. Doesn't mean you have to go to Russia. Doesn't mean you have to go to Russia because I need to make a living and feed my family. You make more money and most players in the WNBA in four months than just about everybody in this country on average will make in a year. I'll leave it at that, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, tomorrow on the show, the Mooch will be joining us. Anthony Scaramucci, who used to work in the Trump administration, he's going to be joining us tomorrow, so that's going to be a lot of fun. And we got some very special guests joining us uh, the remainder of the week, including Lisa Latte-Lublin. 
who just filed a civil suit against Bill Cosby. She's joining me in studio with her husband on Wednesday um, to talk about this new lawsuit that became national news because of the new laws that were implemented, allowing her to do so. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Subscribe to my YouTube page at PTL Radio Show. We'll see you tomorrow, same time, same place. My thanks to Amy Tarkanian, as always. See you tomorrow, everybody.